You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'll be your host this week, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. And this week we've got a We've got a great show coming up. Uh, obviously, action packed. We're recording on a Tuesday, and uh, as you'll know, it's uh, it's all been kicking off. But before we get on to that, I'll uh, I'll introduce my co-host. First up, we've got Ali making his return from uh, from a, a stint on the on the IR after his uh, COVID. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. How are you doing, Ali? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing much better. Thanks, Matt. I'm excited to join you two again to get the band back together. I'm still feeling a bit rough, but I'm sure you'll power me through and. Um, Especially with all the action that's been going on the last hour, um, it's been uh, it's been a really interesting day. Yeah, I hope uh, how you're feeling up to it. We've got plenty to talk about. So with that, we'll we'll introduce the second co-host, Kev. You can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Go. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, doing very good. Thank you. Obviously, we're getting a lot of treats this time of year. The combine was awesome, mm-hmm. and then we've had this crazy day today. But yeah, I- I'm feeling great. Other than looking like Yorkshire Ripper, um, we're looking forward to the show today. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. As I said, uh, recording on the Tuesday, and it's all been kicking off. Obviously, destroyed the show sheet kind of with all the all the trades and, and everything that's gone off. So we'll, we'll start by talking about the things that have gone. I think it's only right that that we, we speak about it before we get into the show today. So first up, obviously, probably the biggest one I think out of everything that's happened is the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos, um, where the Broncos have given up Drew Lock, Noah Fan, Shelby Harris, two first round picks and two second round picks, and I believe a fifth as well for in there as well uh, to get Russell Wilson so guys we'll uh, we'll get your reaction on on this trade Ali we'll start with you what's your feeling on the trade how do you think it affects Wilson in terms of dynasty um yeah what, what's your feelings um I initially love it for Wilson um we've been touting the the Broncos for feels like especially last season coming into this season there's a great landing spot for a quarterback we thought maybe it'd be one of the rookies um but no they've been aggressive and They've gone after Russell Wilson. And uh, to be honest, I don't think I'm already quite high on Russell Wilson. So I don't think it, I'd move him up much. It just solidifies him really as that sort of tier three, probably quarterback that I'm, I'm really happy to have. I just took him as quarterback two in a startup recently. So that feels really good right now. Um, but yeah, just the Broncos are obviously going all in. Good on them. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly got implications for the, the Seattle wide receivers, who I think are a, a good buy low right now, if you if you can, um, if you're not con- contending, I think that's a a good move to make right now. Yeah, Kev, we were, we were speaking about it went before we we went live about Russell Wilson and. And I think you've got a little bit of a, a different feeling on terms of dynasty. I don't think you're quite getting getting overly excited like a lot of people on Twitter seem to be getting getting super excited about the the move to the Broncos. What's what's your feelings in terms of his dynasty value? Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how the public reacts. Initial thoughts are people are probably going to bump him up um, yeah. a tier. Um, but then it got me thinking, like, how much better are the Broncos' weapons than the Seahawks? And mm. when when you're stacking them up, DK, Lockett, and we'll say Gerald Everett versus <clears throat> Sutton, Judy, and Albert O as it is now, it's a really interesting one. It's... I don't think there's that much difference, to be honest. I think there's some concerns with the Broncos. Obviously, they've got a, an awesome defense. They've got two quality running backs. And 
when Hackett was with the Packers, they played at a really slow pace. Is that down to Aaron Rodgers? Probably, because it's all about him. But, yeah, yeah I think I'll be intrigued to see what the public does. I'm not going to move him just yet. Um, I think he's solid. I think it's it's going to be great to get away from Pete Carroll and that system. But um, I think it's more of a neutral move in my eyes. Um, I guess that the people that I've lost out is probably, well, definitely DK and Tyler Lockett, hopefully. They've got a better plan than Drew Locke. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a shame as well with Noah Fant. I know a lot of people were were excited when they saw the news that that Wilson was was going to go to the Broncos, and then just to to see Fant going the other way, it's uh, yeah, it's been a killer. But I think you make a great point, Kev, about the players. I mean, if you just look at him from a a player compared to another player, I think DK Metcalf's probably the the best out of the bunch, to be honest. So you're leaving DK going to Colton Sutton's another player that's that's going to be getting a bit of hype now. Just a quick one: what's your feelings on? And Colton Sutton with uh, with Wilson going there does does he now bump up? Obviously, we know Russell Wilson got a, a great deep ball on him. Does does Sutton now get a bump in in terms of dynasty? Go on, Grill. I'll let you take it. <laughs> well, again, I've been fairly high on Colton Sutton. Regardless, um, I've always backed his talent. Uh, he had that one really good season, but he's not been able to follow it up. Um, so I've got a couple of shares of Colton Sutton. Um, Tim Patrick as well. He's on there. I think he's a Ooh. sneaky wide receiver free. I quite like him as well. So they certainly receive a bit of a bump, but I'm not going to go too mad. Uh, but they've certainly got a quarterback now. I can't remember the last time the, the Denver Broncos had a quarterback. We're probably looking at Peyton Manning the last time they had a decent <laughs> quarterback. And at the end, he couldn't even throw the ball 10 yards. So um, it's pretty exciting for Cortland Sutton owners, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to agree with that. The fact that when they had Steady Teddy, as we call him, he, <laughs> he, he, he wasn't really targeting Sutton. He, he's more of a sort of short and middle guy rather than a deep and outside guy. So I think it's great for, for Sutton to to show us what he's got, see if he's over that injury, see if he can have that late career breakout, uh, see if he can bounce back and have a Alan Robinson type couple of years. Absolutely. And, and Ali, you just mentioned Tim Patch. I'm going to throw the other wide receiver that everyone seems to be getting about, KJ Hamler. He's a guy mm-hmm. that I really liked as a, as a rookie, a second-round pick as well in, in the NFL draft. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping maybe he can can turn something that, that I hoped he was before, obviously, the, the injuries and everything. But with that, it kind of leads us on quite nice to the, the next big news that broke. We actually broke before the, the Wilson announcement, and that's Aaron Rodgers re-signing with the Packers on a four-year deal. Um, I think there's, we're still not 100% sure on, on what all the terms are in, in, in regards to the contract. I know that Rogers wanted to make it quite public that, that there was no guarantees in terms of what he's, he's receiving just yet. So, yeah, again, your guys' thoughts on Aaron Rodgers staying with the Packers on, on this four-year deal. Kev, we'll, we'll go to you first this time. Yeah, I mean, I was confident that he'd, he'd be playing this season, which was the main thing. Um, yeah. I've got him pretty high in my rankings, actually. Um, QB7 which is way above consensus. Um, he's in a tier with Burrow and, and Dak for me. But, yeah, just I, I like it personally. I, I would have preferred maybe a Denver, um, more weapons. But if he does keep Devontae Adams, which it's, <laughs> yeah, it's happening, um, then, then yeah, I don't see any drop-off in production for him in that respect. So, really, really pleased for Rodgers is sticking around. Yeah, Ali, what's, what's your feelings on it? Yeah, he's he's just moved up five spots in my rankings, quarterback 13 to quarterback eight, exactly the same as Kev with Barrow and Dak Prescott in that tier three. Um, so we see it eye to eye there, Kev. And uh, it's just, it's great for Green Bay. It's great for Aaron Rodgers to, you know, that he's going to be there at least, say, three or four years. You're going to get quarterback one 
production each year. Yeah. It's going to be no no drop off, and I just that I can see them going for a a wide receiver early on in the or with their first round pick perhaps. And really, great. Aaron Rodgers is a great um, quarterback for the for the next few years. And we we both we both say we play on sort of two to three year window. So I mean, is there going to be many quarterbacks you can say going to outproduce Aaron Rodgers in the next two to three years? There ain't going to be many. So. Um, yeah. I think he deserves a mid quarterback one ranking. To be honest, no, yeah, it's a it's a full house. I'll admit, I've, I've bumped Aaron Rodgers up a, a few spots as well after after just dropping all my my uh, my rankings as well. Uh, this new side's <laughs> come out, but obviously there, there was there was risk involved with, with Rodgers in terms of the, there was there was a chance that he could he could retire. But as you say, now that he's he's locked down that that four year deal, staying with the Packers, and yeah, he's, he's a perennial uh, QB one. So. Yeah, I think you, you've got to now feel a little bit more confident in terms of, of Rodgers. And, and yeah, it leads on quite ni- nicely to, to the guys as well that have been tagged in and re-signed um, before we come on air. Mike Gesicki, Dalton Schultz, but then Devontae Adams as well. He's now been uh, placed on the franchise tag. And, and Chris Godwin as well for your, your Buccaneers, Ali. And then obviously the, the guy that got re-signed, Big Mike Williams, three-year, $60 million, getting, getting paid that big money for with a big guy and obviously my wide receiver one in dynasty so uh, it's great to see him sign long terms uh ali do you want to pick any of them names out somebody that, that interests you that maybe you thought they might have moved or that you're happy that they've been placed on the tag or or in, mm-hmm. in williams case that that contract yeah so dalton schultz i think is a good one for the for the, the dallas cowboys obviously looking that they're going to <laughs> let go of uh, Cooper. Um, I think it's going to be another big weapon going forward. And then I don't want to mention Godwin because I'm fuming about that. But um, it's just Big Mike, and I think the big winner is is Justin Herbert, my my favourite quarterback in the in the NFL. Now that Tom Brady's departed, um, I just think it's fantastic that he's got that consistency with with his two weapons now. So big winner is Justin Herbert for me. Yeah, and Kev. I know Ali's just taking Dalton Schultz off you. I can't believe he just took Dalton Schultz. (laughs) I thought out of those five, he's not picking Schultz here. So, oh god, take Jasicki, mate. (laughs) I think the thing is with these these five guys, like the majority of them, you want them to stay where they have, which is great. I think Mm -hmm. Jasicki, you probably wanted him. Well, the public wants away from two because apparently two is rubbish, but not fully on board with that. Godwin, I think, yeah, he's, he's done it for the books, but. Depending on the QB is maybe that's one that we could have hopefully seen on a different team, but I think it's fine. I think the Bucks will find someone. Um, Big Mike Williams, I think, like Ali said, it's great for it's great for Herbert, who's potentially QB one. I've said it before. He's in that top tier, top three. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams is gonna he's gonna be a value again if you've had drafts already this off season. Hopefully, you took Devontae Adams and not Calvin Ridley. <laughs> I know, yeah. Another another piece of news that came out, obviously, with, with Calvin Ridley getting that one year suspension for uh, for gambling. So, yeah, it's all been happening, hasn't it, boys? Since uh, since we were last on last week, and trust it to be right before we, we start recording today. But we uh, we obviously we're we're professionals now. We can we can deal with these um, these un- unsuspected things to to crop up. So, yeah, I think we've we've covered everything and. We might as well move on to, to the show today. And what we're going to be talking about is obviously the upcoming free agents and wide receivers and tight ends that, that, that haven't been tagged or, or signed new contracts and then analysing them from a dynasty perspective. Um, in the main, we're obviously going to be avoiding the big names that we've discussed on, on the previous two shows when we've had guests like, like Sam on. So um, we, we've tried to avoid those big names and, and gone for some 
some guys that maybe aren't being spoke about as much in in terms of dynasty so we'll kick things off with ali we'll, we'll go to you and who's the first player you want to talk about yeah i want to talk about michael gallup and i'll start with america's team and a, a team close to your two hearts in the cowboys <laughs> um for for a gallup fan like me i think it, it could be a perfect off season with the recent rumors that the team appears to be cutting or or less likely possibly trading away Amari Cooper. Um, 100% that's what I wanted to happen, um, although it's been a bit of outrage in the community, especially from the Cowboys fans. Um, personally, always been really quite high on Gallup, um, more than consensus. So I think I think he can be their wide receiver too comfortably. Um, he's obviously currently rehabbing a torn ACL, suffered late in the season. And the Cowboys, they must be comfortable with that timetable to return if they're close to a deal with him um, and then comfortable with him fulfilling that wide receiver two spot, which which he did do admirably in the, the first two seasons with the Cowboys, especially in year two. Gallup recorded over what 1,100 yards, 1,100 yards in just, just 14 games, averaging 15.2 fantasy points per game along the way, which he finished as wide receiver 22. Fortunately, didn't kick on there and then they obviously drafted C.D. Lamb. Um, so, that's where I see an ideal ideal world with Gallup. I, I love his talent. I think he's been underrated and, and unfortunately stuck as that wide receiver three on the roster. Um, but now likely back on a cheaper deal than obviously what Cooper would have cost. Um, I do think, personally, Michael Gallup can challenge a top top 24 wide receivers if he's healthy. And just looking at his ADP, his February ADP of wide receiver 50, I think that can become a real good value. Although I think obviously... With the news that I think they're slightly to drop maybe five to ten spots once all these transactions go through and Cooper's released or whatever and and Gallup resigns. Um so my question to you boys is what is Michael Gallup ceiling for you if he does resign in Dallas as that wide receiver two on the team? Yeah, I think it's difficult to say with any conviction just due to all the moving parts for the Cowboys. Obviously there's Cooper. Um, but even if Cooper is gone, I still think there's interesting guys that will command volume fancy points you got. Obviously, CD Lamb, everybody loves him. Not. Um, <laughs> Dalton Schultz, he's way better than uh, Blake Jowen ever was. And also, another guy that could stick around is Cedric Wilson. Um, for Gallup, I see top 30 wide receiver in any given year, sort of a back end wide receiver three for Dynasty. So, wide receiver 50 seems um, a great value at this spot, but I, I do think he will rise when Cooper does go. Um, I do think there's quite a bit of risk attached, though, to Gallup just because. I'm a huge Dalton Schultz fan. I think he'll be um, tight end two in my rankings just behind Albert O now. That's a joke, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think there is some risk with Gallup. I think um, he's a value at wide receiver 50, but I don't expect him to stay there. Yeah, a bit like you said, Ali, we, we've seen him be a low-end wide receiver two with that wide receiver 22 finish in 2019 when he was Dallas's wide receiver two um, behind Amari Cooper. Um, so I'd probably say, that, yeah, that's, Maybe around his ceiling again, maybe he can push into to that low end wide receiver two um value. And I agree that his ADP of wide receiver fifty, that does feel like like a really good value at the moment. I think there's definitely room for him to to improve on that. Like Kev said, um there's there's no doubt that that's gonna start creeping up, obviously, with the Amari Cooper news. And and if it becomes official that he is leaving Dallas, then I'm sure we'll see a spike in in uh in Gallup's value and, and Schultz as well I think he's going to see a bump in value of the, the fact that he's now staying in Dallas and and with Cooper going um a guy that, that over the middle is going to help Dak out so um yeah I think both of those players are going to see a little bump CD Lamb's already probably at his, his peak value so I can't see him, him gaining too much in value but um just going back to Gallup I think he's probably going to be a little bit boom or busty it was 
pretty much boom or bust um, when he had that successful 2019 season. So I think that's just what you've got to come to expect with with a player like Gallup that is probably not going to see that consistent volume like a guy such as CD Lamb or, or Dolan Schultz. Um, but yeah, he's definitely got that that boom week in him. Um, Ali, what what do you think in in terms of Gallup? Do you do you think he can get higher than I know you've said that you think he's probably a, a wide receiver too? Do you think that if he is used outside and and um, obviously we're going to expect CD Lamb moving to to the outside as well? Do you think he can improve having CD Lamb rather than Amari Cooper on the outside with him? Okay. Uh, I think Ali might be on mute and he is. Just... <laughs> <laughs> apologies for that. I went to cough and then I put myself on mute and then I didn't cough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll say that again. But um, that was the, the, Dallas... <laughs> the, the Dallas offense last season was a bit disappointing to say the least. And CD Lamb was disappointing as well. So you don't, you, we all expect him to kick on and become this top three or four dynasty wide receiver but you never know it might not happen and Michael Gallup could take a big chunk of the work next season plan on the outside and um you just never know with with that offense you know with Cooper gone I can see wide receiver two um production who knows uh, maybe sort of mid wide receiver two at real top um but yeah as like Kev he's probably more wide receiver three is his floor and then it possibly could get a little bit better from that yeah. Uh, I'll just apologise by uh, saying that we're professionals, and then, then <laughs> literally ten minutes later, Ali decides to mute. <laughs> uh, so with that, we we better move on swiftly. Kev, we'll, we'll go to you, and and what's the player you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, speak about Gallup being boom bust. I think this guy, he's had a label as boom bust guy previously. Uh, Christian Kirk, wide receiver from the Cardinals. Um, I hold my hand up. I, I was off the Kirk train after a poor 2020 season. Um, he had a really nice 2019 season um, when Kyler Murray joined. Wide receiver 32 fantasy points per game. And then that dips to wide receiver 52 after Hopkins' arrival. And then he looked doomed, I thought, with the arrival of AJ Green and Ondale Moore. But he actually had a true breakout this season. Wide receiver 26 on the year. Um, it's great timing with him becoming a free agent later this month. And I think it was really interesting that he coexisted with new signing Zach Ertz midway through the season. Um, the caveat is Hopkins did miss seven games and Rondale Moore missed all 17 games as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been really hard to truly gauge how it looks with uh, Hopkins in the lineup. Uh, I do think it's a fluid situation. Obviously, Green and Ertz free agents. Hopkins is 30 years old. Be interested to see where Kirk lands. I think the consensus is that they prefer for him to stay in Arizona. But have a strong market. He's 25 years old. I think he'll be cheaper than some of the potential big names, although we've lost a lot of them to the tag in the last few days, last few hours. Um, but yeah, very nice profile prospect uh, when he was at Texas A&M. He flashed ability early on. He's he's done it on his first NFL contracts as well. He's flashed in, in various stages and he's currently wide receiver 52 at keep trade cut, valued as a mid-second. Uh, you've got Rondale more going ahead of him in startups, which is absolutely bonkers. Uh, so I'm all in at that cost above Rondale, even if we have seen a peak from Kirk. So I just want to know from you guys, will that wide receiver 26 finish that he had this season be the highlight of his fantasy career, or is there more to come? Um, I'll say I don't think there's a, a great deal more to come. A little bit like Gallup, I think he can maybe crack into that that top 24. Um, it was just great to see the Cardinals finally use him in the slot where he had so much success um, in college with Texas A&M. It was, it was a guy that I 
quite liked before, like you said, Kevin, before Rondale Moore got picked in and AJ Green um, moved there. So uh, it was just great to see him finally take up that slot role. And, and yeah, it turned out to be to be great in terms of fantasy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that does develop, though, if he does stay in, in Arizona with, obviously, if Rondell Moore takes that step forward, you'd, you'd expect him to be um, playing with those, those short routes, maybe in the slot. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. And to be honest, I agree. I think I would still rather he stayed with, with the Cardinals, too, and, and be that wide receiver, too, um, behind John J. Hopkins. Yes, I, I saw via, <clears throat> via Roto Baller that, Kirk's expected to have a, a hot market in capital letters it has. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not 100% in on this take, but we have generally been quite high on on Christian Kirk. I know, Matt, the, the Cardinals are your second team. Um, yeah. And <laughs> if, So as you really mentioned, Matt, if, if wide receiver 26 isn't his ceiling, then I w- I'd say it's probably not much higher than that. Maybe wide receiver 20 sneak in as a back end wide receiver 2. I don't think he's su- suddenly going to have a meteoric rise like a Debo. That's, that's not, not ever going to happen. I think the best case is that he stays in Arizona and they ship off AJ Green and then they don't draft or sign any real competition. Um, he obviously had a good run at the back of the back end of the season. Maybe it's now enough to convince them to offer him a second contract. And today we've seen Kyler. He picked up all his toys out of his pram and he's he's returned all his <laughs> Cardinals images to his Instagram. So it does it does look like his happy family again, which is funny. Uh, so so maybe they re-sign him and and Kirk can hit it off with. Uh, with Kyler again heading into next season. Yeah, he fits yeah. in a pram, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, Kev. <laughs> don't, don't be so sizest. <laughs> um, no, I think I think we're all in agreement, aren't we? We're, we hope that Kirk stays with, with the Cardinals. We're, we've seen the the developments that him and Kyler have had. In, and as I say, if he can stay in that slot role, then yeah, I quite like him, him staying in Arizona. So with that, we're going to move on to, to my selection, another wide receiver, and it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, coming off a really disappointing season after obviously being injured in, in week five and then missed the rest of the season. Um, but he did make a return in the playoffs for Pittsburgh going up against the Chiefs. Um, he managed to have five targets in that, which turned into five, eight targets, which turned into five receptions and 26 yards. So nothing to, to shout home about, but it was great to see him be able to, to make a return before the end of the season. Um, but as I say, he now becomes a free agent at the end of this year. Um, after re-signing with the Steelers last off-season when he was due to to be a free agent then. But obviously, the, the Steelers brought him back on a one-year deal. Um, I'm now just hoping that he does get that move away this year. I know last year I was I was getting excited about the, the thoughts of him moving away. Um, sadly, he stayed for another year, but now I'm, I'm hoping he can get that move away. Um, but it was hugely impressive in his first two years in the NFL, finished wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 8. I think a lot of people forget just how, how great he was at the start of his career. Obviously, that was alongside... Um, Antonio Brown and then since then things have slowly started to to go downhill for him over the last couple of years um, but he's still only 25 years old despite this being the sixth season in the NFL I think a lot of people forget just just how young he was when he came into into the NFL so the fact that he's, he's going to be entering his sixth season and still only 25 years old and um, still definitely lots left to to see from Juju Um I think there's going to be a number of teams that could look for a guy like Juju a guy that's predominantly played in in the slot Um that's where he's, he's had most of his, his success and I think he's played nearly 70% of his, his snaps in the slot. So thinking of teams that he could go to, the the Chiefs, they was a team that I believe were interested in last offseason. Uh, I've seen rumours again that they could potentially be interested in in Juju. And then just thinking of other teams, the Colts, the Jags, um, the Bears as well, they're all teams that have got plenty of cap space and we know nowhere are in need of help at wide receiver. So all of those I think could be, could be great landing spots for Juju. 
Um, and to be honest, I think he's probably going to be one of the most sought after wide receivers left in in all of this this free agency group. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Juju. And as I say, I'm I'm just hoping that he gets that move away um, from the Steelers. So my question to to you guys is. Um, Juju is currently ranked uh, just above an early 2023 and uh, early 2022 second round pick on keep trade cut. Would you guys be willing to pay a little bit more than that to to get him right now, or do you think that's uh, that's about right in terms of value? I think, to be honest, I think that's fair value for him. I'd, I'd probably pay that, but I probably wouldn't pay any more. I would pay a late first if he does get a move away to to one of them name teams that you mentioned. But I think at that point, his value is going to be people are going to be asking for more than a first if he does get moved to say the chiefs his his value is going to be silly but but your question is right now and i, I wouldn't pay any more than that just for that risk that he resigns with the steelers and then he finds himself in a battle with claypool and johnson i don't like that i didn't like that last year and yeah. likely going to be a rookie quarterback or a bridge quarterback at best i'll just pass if he signs on another cheap deal in in pittsburgh i think he, he needs to be that wide receiver two opposite and established alpha to thrive um He's just in the minute he's caught up in a in a freeway committee and it's just not not where I like him to be. Yeah, I spoke about Juju being undervalued on last week's appearance on Five Yard Dynasty. Please do check it out. I was awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's dangerous to be doing anything just this week. But as soon as he signs somewhere else, he's definitely worth a late first. He's been a wide receiver one before. I think his dynasty ceiling is a high wide receiver two again in time. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely a guy I'm targeting on all teams. He's only 25. He's going to be great for rebuilders and contenders. But, yeah, just hold off a week before you start firing out those offers. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of risk involved. But with all of these players that we mentioned, obviously we don't know what the, the future is going to be for these guys. So it is a risk. Potentially it can pay off if, if you do get them cheap and you end up going to a good spot. But there's obviously also that chance that they could go to one of these spots that, that we're not too excited about. Um but yeah, I think yeah, you made some great points there, Kev. Um, definitely a guy that you could target no matter what your situation is in, in Dynasty, whether you are contending or or rebuilding, is is going to be one of those players that you can you can target in in either situation. So with that, we're gonna move on to, to your next pick, Ali. Who's the guy that you like? I've just <laughs> I've just seen the show sheet, so this is gonna be a fun one. But who, who's the next guy you want to talk about, Ali? Uh, when we were picking up our players for tonight, I had to jump in there quickly and I stole this pick from under Kev's nose. <laughs> it's it's DJ Chuck. Um and it's been a, a tale of it's been a tale of what if with DJ Chuck with his time in Jacksonville. He he done not, absolutely nothing in year one and then exploded in year two with a thousand yard season. I'd see was seventeen and fifteen points per game led to an, an, an ADP, a shocking one of wide receiver eighteen in twenty twenty. Um, he followed it up with a horrible 2020 season and then an injury wreck 2021. He played just three games. Is <clears throat> now sending stock full to wide receiver 51 and finally now below Jalen Waddle in Kev's ranks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, just. <laughs> I'm, I'm still intrigued by DJ Chuck, though. I think a move away is, is definitely the best thing for him. Um, when he had his Pro Bowl season in 2019, it was built off just how. People forget how explosive he was. And the, the talk of the community this week has been the 40-yard dash times. And he, he ran a 4.34, so he was rapid. And I still think he's got plenty to give. So a couple of landing spots for Chark I'd like to see would be the Raiders. They're in serious need of wide receiver help. And Carr has got that big arm, so I think he can utilise his skill set. And then the other one would be Miami. Obviously, they had Will Fuller last year as their deep threat. <clears throat> but 
obviously never never worked out and um, I think that'd be a nice landing spot for him. I think either of these would increase his draft stock a little bit and in that event I would definitely try and sell him if I had if I had any shares. So the question to you is specifically for you Kev is <clears throat> where would you like where would you like to see your boy land in free agency this this off season? <laughs> oh, I just love it how I get tarnished with this attachment for Jack. Um <laughs> Obviously, I wrongly had him above water last off season, but let's remember, gents, I was the lowest out of three on chat. It just just gets highlighted that my water ranking was so poor uh, back then. But I mean, if we go further back, right back to episode sixteen of Fantasy Wildcard in December twenty twenty, I took the stance of selling Chark on the Trevor Lawrence hype in the Apple Titled Show DJ Chark bait. Um, so yeah, I've never been in Olympic Dynasty. Um, I was just more on him than my extremely low and wrong take on Jalen Wood at that time. Um, but in terms of his landing spot, I'd actually quite like to see him land in Philly. Basically because I've got I've got zero shares, I've got zero cares. Plus I'd rather Chark land in that graveyard spot than an exciting free agent wide receiver or rookie and uh, crush their dreams. Uh, I, I love this Kev that we, we finally got you yeah, all this time you, you've hammered me for Sony Michelle and, and Mike Williams we've finally got a player Ali that we can we can smash Kev with so yeah How Kev, it, it, it doesn't matter Kev it doesn't matter you. We, we all everybody knows we know the listeners know that you're super high on DJ Chart. that's all it matters uh, no but just going back to, to Ali's question I'm, I'm going to throw the the Patriots as a quite an interesting potential landing spot for him uh, Matt Jones obviously looked really good in his rookie season, ranked seventh in terms of money throws and tenth in air yards. If you if you go over and look at player profile, we know that New England uh, are in need of some help at wide receiver. I don't think Aguilar's the answer over there. So, yeah, I think Chark alongside Kendrick Bourne, who, who had a pretty solid season last season, and then Jacoby Myers in, in the slot. I think, yeah, there's a there's an outing for Chark over there. And, yeah, I think that's quite a, an interesting landing spot for, for, for any wide receiver, to be honest. But... Um, yeah, chart with with that that deep threat that he possesses could um, could be an interesting one over there at, at the Patriots. I I just realised that I said that Miami would be a good landing spot. Would be interesting to see him and Jalen Waddle on the same team just just to see who the, who the better wide receiver is. Yeah, and then back up Kev's opinion when when Chark out produces Waddle. Kev yeah, can, exactly. Kev can claim that he was always he was always in on Chark. I, I would just think he'd struggle with two, wouldn't he? If, uh... If Fuller didn't um, sort of do anything there, but then I just remembered Fuller, you want there, worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, and with that, you've, you've teamed up quite nicely for, for my selection, Kevin, and that's Will Fuller, um, who we've just spoke about. After all the excitement that we saw from him in, in that 2020 season, the wide receiver four through the first 12 weeks, obviously before that, that ped suspension. Um, but yeah, now we've got back to to the William Fuller that we all know and and have become hugely frustrated with in, in his career in the NFL uh, with, with what happened in, in 2021. Played just the two games after that suspension at the start of the season, picked up a finger injury and that was it. They ruled him out for the entire season. God knows how, how serious this finger injury must have been. But um, yeah, Fuller sadly never never able to, to return to the field and we never truly got to see what, what Tua could do with a, a deep threat like Fuller. Um, it is crazy to think about that when you think Cam Akers made that return from the Achilles injury, but yet Will Fuller can't make a make a return from a finger injury. So yeah, it definitely must have been a, a bad one. And now Will Fuller hits free agency once again, um, like he did last off season. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see just how much attention he, he does get given that that long history of injuries that he's had. Obviously, the soft tissue injuries are what always come to mind when you think of Will Fuller. That the number of hamstring injuries. Um, 
I think there's no denying the talent that he has when he is healthy, as we've seen, as I said, in that spell in, in 2020. It's just, he just can't seem to, to stay on the field well without the help of a, a few pills anyway to, to keep him on there. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what his market's like in, in free agency. I think he will definitely become a free agent and it's going to be interesting to see what teams are, are going to go and, and go after Will Fuller. Um, we've mentioned a few of them earlier in terms of teams that, that could be interested in the wide receiver. I'm interested to know what you guys, where would be your favourite landing spot for, for Will Fuller? Yeah, you mean William Fuller, which is, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate trying to search for him on Sleeper because I can never find him. I put in Will Fuller and it's like, this player doesn't <laughs> exist and it's William Fuller. Um, but yeah, Very I just can't believe Sleeper. <laughs> I just can't believe he cost $10 million just to basically mm. do nothing and then got written off by a poorly finger. It's absolutely crazy. But my answer's got to be just pretty much anywhere that Deshaun Watson lands. Mm. Uh, the, obviously had really fantastic chemistry with Watson in 2020 before another injury ended his season. In in that season, he just in just 11 games, he scored 188 fantasy points, which was good enough for 17.2 fantasy points per game. So he was a really good asset. He definitely needs a quarterback that can throw it deep and maximise Fuller's skill set. Certainly not someone like check down Jimmy G. Um, one spot I do like is, is Arizona back with DeAndre Hopkins on the opposite side and maybe Atlanta. Um, now they have Russell, Will, Russell Wilson, Russell Gage as their wide receiver one, perhaps as <laughs> an opening where they need a wide receiver for this season, um, possibly there. Yeah, I mean, what actually happened to Will Fuller's finger? Did he get blasted off or something? <laughs> um, really strange. Maybe he was under the impression that he was going to play with his mate Deshaun and didn't actually fancy the two. <laughs> Silly boy. Um, but yeah, I'd actually quite like him to land with the Saints. Um, I know they've got less money than Calvin Ridley, but um, yeah, I think seeing Fuller the gunslinger like Winston would be awesome. Um, failing that, I wouldn't hate a return to the Houston or the Cardinals to hit the team up with Hopkins again as a exciting duo depending on what happens with christian kirk of course yeah kind of, kind of got me in two minds now kev obviously i've just said that i like christian kirk to stay there but yeah teaming up again with, with deandre hopkins over at the cardinals it could be an interesting one i think we've, we've got a show name anyway boys for for today will fuller finger blast i think is uh, exactly <laughs> yes it's a perfectly named one by kev obviously throwing in the the great puns as always there kev <laughs> just as well you mentioned him being tied to the Sean Watson, is he going to be filming her starting longest yard of him or something? It's, uh, <laughs> he's going yeah. to be wide receiver on jail team. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, with the Sean Watson. Um, I think in terms of fantasy, we're all hoping he, he makes a comeback, but yeah, still yet to yet to see with, with Watson. Probably getting traded while we're filming now. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Trade. I think we'll have to have a quick look on, on Twitter before we wrap the show up and, and see if there's any big <laughs> trades or any big moves that we've missed. Um, but now we'll, we'll move on to some tight ends. We, we spoke about a few wide receivers. We'll go on to the tight end position then. Ali, we'll, we'll go to you first. What's the tight end you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm going to talk about an Eagles legend. Mm-hmm. Z- Zachary Ertz. Uh, <laughs> really impressive after his move to Arizona. Uh, he's... It was fast becoming a disaster in Philly for Ertz, registering just 188 receiving yards from his first six starts of the year. Um, then got his move to a contender in Arizona and immediately had good chemistry with uh, with the guy that wants to obviously get paid this offseason in Kyler Murray. Uh, it definitely helped Ertz's fantasy stock and, and Dallas got it with that as well. Um, 
DeAndre Hopkins obviously got injured, missed seven of the final nine games. That definitely helped Ertz. Um, and hilariously, despite only playing 11 games for the Cardinals, Ertz matched a franchise record for catchers in a single season by a Cardinals tight end. Uh, and he certainly looked somewhat back to his old self. You know, the one that we saw consistently be a top five tight end for several years on the Eagles. And the fact he's still only 31 years old, which is he's not too old for a tight end, is still younger than Travis Kelsey, who is still tight end one for a lot of people. And I think there is... Mutual interest to bring him back to Arizona, which I definitely think is the best spot for Ertz. I do think he's, he's a good buy low for a contending team. He's, he's really cheap right now. You can probably get him for maybe an early third in non-tight end premium and possibly mid to late second in tight end premium. So um, I've got a hypothetical question. I know you boys know I love a hypothetical <laughs> question. <laughs> if if Zach Ertz did re-sign in Arizona, is he a tight end one for 2022? And is there any interest from you boys in inquiring him cheap this offseason? Yeah, I think it can be a tight end one for sure. We know it's a bit of a wasteland after those first six or seven guys. We know it's an injury prone position as well. So if he falls lucky, there's, there's a chance that as well. But yeah, he falls in that category of a late second to early third for me, which I'm happy to spend on a veteran at any position. But yeah, just being honest, I think it's a weaker draft class and people want to believe as well. So I think a mid second isn't going to get you a contributing rookie in most cases. Um, I think at his cost, I'd be happy to make the move. He was brilliant over the second half of the year. I still believe he's got a good year or two in the tank. I think if you're getting caught up mid-second, though, uh, I'd probably prefer to trade upwards to be solid to elite guys like Dalton Schultz. Um, I can't imagine it's a crazy price for to go and get a guy like Darren Moore either. So, yeah, if you're getting caught a mid-second for it, so I'd prefer to just pay a little bit extra and get someone a little bit younger and... Uh, better yeah i think in terms of, of it's being a tight end i think it can for sure yeah um if we just look back to, to this previous this previous season it was a tight end five from week seven until till the end of the season obviously when he when he joined the cardinals so just looking at that sample size you you have to say yeah he can he can definitely get into that that tight end one position um Kyle murray cl clearly trusted him quite early on heavily involved right from the get-go averaging seven targets per game um, and as we know with tight ends, just just getting that kind of usage, those kind of looks, um, user user trans transpires into into good fantasy performances. So, um, yeah, if he can maintain that level of involvement in 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 the passing game, I think he can definitely get into that that low end tight end one um, range. Obviously, we know they're going to get a full off season together now as well, not just joining mid season like he did last season. So, you'd like to think with that a little bit longer time with with Kyle Murray, they can can improve on that connection. Um, and, and then, like I've said, definitely somebody that I'd look to target for cheap if I can get him for a late second, early third. Um, and I'm a contending team. I'm, I'm definitely making that move to to get somebody like Zach Ertz. Um, so with that, we're, we're going to move on to to Kev, to, to your selection and, and the tight end you want to talk about. Yeah, I was getting a bit sad thinking about this guy. Um, mm. Come in a few places. He's, he's not really lived up to anything in the past few years. Um, that's Evan Engram, the, the tight end of the Giants, um, absolutely burst onto the scene. Tight end four overall as a rookie, which is extremely rare for a rookie to produce like that. It looked like the next star tight end in the league, and he, he did this by ticking two main boxes, the athleticism and the opportunity. But injuries and fall have knocked him off track. Um, he's really struggled to get anything close to those heights again. He's been outside of tight end one in the past four seasons, albeit he has had 100 targets in three of those. I don't think it's helped being stuck on the Giants. They've had a, added a lot of players, a lot of wide receivers over that time as well. 
um, as the various uh, offensive schemes coordinators, etc. Uh, but yeah, it's just worrying that he hasn't he hasn't really produced. He's been getting hundred targets and not producing anything. So twenty eight in September, which is by no means old for tight end. The, the talent was clear there as a rookie as well. But he desperately needs a new situation to thrive. Although it will be telling if the new Giants head coach Brian Dable and the GM decide to keep him around. I think that'll be an interesting move. He's going as tight end 26 at keep trade cut, including the rookie tight ends, uh, basically a mid-third, which I'm happy to do all day, and hopefully he does hit a good landing spot. So on that theme about landing spot, what are your guys' dream landing spot for Evan Engram in Dynasty? Yeah, I think that there's one clear one that everybody seems to talk about when they talk about tight ends, and, and that's the LA Chargers. Obviously, we know that there's clearly an opening for a tight end over there in that really exciting, high-powered offense, and, and we've seen what Justin Herbert did with that that connection that he had with Mark Andrews in the Pro Bowl, that I think that only increased the cries out for for the Chargers to go and get get um, Justin Herbert a tight end. And then with with Engram, with that athleticism that he has, you think it, it'd be scary just thinking of him on on an offense like that, and and maybe that change of scenery, getting that sunny California weather, could maybe bring back a, a bit of form for for Engram. But outside of that, um, I think the Jags could be another really interesting one. Uh, we saw that the impact that Dan Arnold had over there. Um, when he moved from from the Panthers and it just became one of Trevor Lawrence's favourite targets right from the get-go. Um, I think Engram could definitely thrive over there, especially if he saw the amount of snap slots that Arnold saw when when he was with the with the Jags. He had 6% of his, his snaps in the slot. We know Evan Engram's a guy that, that can be used all over the field and and with the athleticism in, in the slot. So, yeah, I think that could be another, another interesting landing spot for him. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Matt and say say the charges. <laughs> any any excuse for me to bring up the charges, and I, I'm taking it. But I know it's a bit of a cop out of an answer. I just I just think we all love Justin Herbert, and there's a clear need for tight end there. And I, I do think it could possibly unlock that talent that we all know Evan Ingram has. Uh, but the other spot, which is even more in need of a tight end, would be the Colts. Um, obviously, Jack Doll just retired, and. And the elite tight end Mo Ali Cox is unrestricted free agent this offseason. <laughs> um, there's obviously question marks over the quarterback situation, but the fact that Engram wouldn't have much competition with just literally Michael Pittman as the only decent receiver on that team. Uh, sometimes it just takes a fresh move away to get their career back on track. And I I do think Engram will be dirt cheap right now, so probably worth a little a little flutter third round as you bought. <laughs> Boys have both mentioned um, certainly no higher, but I'm definitely happy to pay a third round for someone that has finished as a, a tight end four before us. I could see him finishing a top 10 tight end if he was featured in a in an offense in 2022. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going to it's going to be the same as every other year, isn't it? I think, lads, I think tight end, it's going to be one of them where we're, we're going to pick a lot of these players out, hoping that they can they can make a, a bounce back next season. I know there was plenty last, last season. Um, guys like Gerald Everett, guys that we thought could could hopefully bounce back. We love these athletic tight ends, these guys that, that we hope can be used all over the field and get us those fantasy points. And I think Engram kind of fits that build, doesn't he? A super athletic guy that that hopefully, if used in the in the right in the right scheme and um, lined up in the right positions, um, yeah, can can start producing again for, for fantasy. As a Giants fan, I'm I'm kind of glad to see the back of him. If I'm honest, um, <laughs> loved him at the start, but it, it became quite a, a sorry end to to the love affair with the Giants. So, who, who would you to... like at the Giants, Matt? Who would you like as your tight end? Mm. The that um, volume monster, Kyle Rudolph? Or um, <laughs> would, would it be someone else? Maybe a guy like... Well, there's not a lot out there, is there really? It's not going to be a rookie. 
Yeah, I think I, w- I wouldn't mind us targeting a rookie. I think Isaiah Likely is a guy that Ooh. I'm really, really high on at tight end, another athletic tight end, um, one of the better pass catching tight ends in, in the rookie class. So if, if, if there's a chance that we can get him in, in the draft, I'd, I'd really like that. And that can be my new my new love affair of uh, a Giants tight end. <laughs> Hopefully can, can produce a little bit better than what Evan Engram did. Um, but with that, that, that leads on quite nicely to a, another athletic tight end and, and the guy that I've gone for is OJ Howard. Um, former first round selection too, just like Evan Engram. Um, shown flashes throughout his career, especially early on, but on the whole, I think we can all agree it's been quite a, a disappointing career for, for OJ Howard so far. Um, with just 750 yards and, and four touchdowns in his last in his last three years, maybe I'm a fool, but but I still do believe that there's potential with Howard. Um, again, just touching on that athleticism, and we know that that offers some potential upside in in terms of fantasy. You just have to look at his his workout metrics on player profile. He's six foot six, 250 pound, but then he run a, a 4.5 140 yard. Dash, which is 96 percentile, his speed scores 123.9, which is 99 percentile, agility score um, 11.01, 96 percentile, and then the spark score 123.1, 90 percentile. So, a little bit like Kev usually likes to say when you see that on player profile, all those skyscrapers, um, it's hard not to get excited about <laughs> a tight end with, with those kind of athletic um, athletic metrics. Um, and yeah, you could say I'm, I'm still hopeful there's some juice. Some juice left in OJ. Wait. <laughs> I had to wait a little bit for, for the laugh there. Like, it, it didn't feel right. That, that's it. That's a Kev joke if ever I've ever um, just, just then looking towards the, the potential landing spots. And um, there's a, a one that really actually interests me. It might be one that, that nobody really thinks of. But Kev, it's, it's your Eagles, I think, could be quite an interesting one. Um, I mean, it's no secret that we love Dallas Goddard, don't we, over here at the Fantasy Wild Card. Um, but we do also know that the Eagles, they do like to use a lot of 12 personnel and um, 25 of their offensive snaps in, in 2021. They had two tight ends on the field. Um, and now obviously we know that Zach Ertz with him going last season. Would we really be surprised to see him bring in another, another tight end to, to join him with, with Dallas Goddard in this offense? And then there's a nice link connecting connecting Howard to, to the Eagles. And that's that Howard actually played with uh, with the quarterback Jalen Hurts in in Alabama in, in Jalen Hurts' freshman freshman season and, and OJ Howard's final seasons, they played together and he, he had 45 receptions, 595 yards and, and three touchdowns. So, Kev, I know you do love a, a good reconnection between former college QBs and, and pass catchers. So, I'm interested though, if, if Howard were to sign for, for the Eagles and be that tight end two over there, what do you think his ceiling could be next season? Firstly, yeah, you brought up Howard and, and how you're pretty sad with Evan Ingram and how that worked out on extremely sad about OJ Howard the fact that he was drafted with that 19th overall pick uh the Bucks were really high on him I was really high on him he's obviously a massive guy athletic freak but never once finishes a tight end one despite that lofty draft capital and I just don't see it in his range of outcomes with with the Eagles uh, especially as a a tight end two even if even in a tight end heavy offense which which Eagles favor and um, I would certainly look to sell on the back of any hype that he gets for a new landing spot. I think there will be a little bit of a spike in value. Um, I, I just don't believe in him. I think I've got to the point where, a bit like you, Vengram, I just, I just give up, and <laughs> um, I just, I, I wouldn't like. I just hate to see him land on the Eagles. The fact that I've just literally got a couple of shares of Dallas Goddard, <laughs> it would. <laughs> I'm really excited about it, and um, I don't want to see someone who's capable with with that draft capital of of doing something. But I just. I don't see it on the Eagles. Yeah, Matt, what is wrong with you, man? I mean, 
dropped your rankings this week. Yeah, got it in your your top five, like like I have as well. Just years of wanting hurts out of the way for Goddard shares, and now you're another solid tight end stay away from him. It's pretty funny, but I never said I wanted it. Guys. I never said I wanted it. I'm just just doing a, a, an Ali hypothetical situation. That's all. <laughs> I do think that literally any tight end that's not a starter I'm, I'm i'm not as interested in as as the public i mean you look at recent examples john who did little as a tight end too last year joe is another guy that <laughs> like, like engram and howard an athletic freak that's flashed and he's stealing a wage at the moment just doing nothing as a backup you've got howard himself behind gronk and cameron bray um i know the eagles had moderate success with two tight ends previously but that was more to do with um, the pass-heavy offense with Wentz. Um, I mean, we saw Hurts struggle this season with Hurts <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, I think the, the tight end two is not an appealing uh, spot for me with the Eagles. Um, I'd like it from a real-life point of view. I think Howard's a talented player, but um, to steal your pun from earlier, Matt, it, it doesn't get my juices flowing at all. He's <laughs> probably a tight end two free cusp uh, for, for Dynasty if, if he did land uh, with the Eagles in my eyes. Yeah, so I think the the over the overriding answer there is we don't want it to happen. Um, I, I, I tried my not. best there, Kev, linking all the all the dots like you like to do. And <laughs> I brought it to you, and you've just shot me down straight. I even picked your team as well, Kevin. <laughs> and this is this is the response I get. So I think it'd be lovely that. for a real life point. Of view, like, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be spot on because I think the Eagles need a, a second tight end, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's just yeah for Dynasty. I've got a bit of Howard as well, and. It's just crushing. He's 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 nearly as bad as Njoku, to be honest. That that's really wound me up that he's staying. Like, <laughs> what's he want to do? Does he want to like earn money, or does he want to try and actually make an impact in the league? It's yeah, mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah, definitely frustrating, especially for us in terms of fantasy players. It, it'd have been great to see him move to the Chargers. Let's get everybody to the Chargers, and we can fall in love with all these Titans. <laughs> yeah. um, but with that, we're just going to now quickly have a, a quick summary of the other wide receivers and Titan that we, we haven't discussed. Ali, we'll, we'll start with you. Yep, so MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We've seen him get plenty of buzz around his free agency, and even today, the, the, apparently the Bears are really interested in bringing him in, which has caused a lot of grief in the Bears family. Really <laughs> it's quite interested. hilarious. <laughs> I, I know the NFL, they love a deep threat, and MVS has certainly got that in abundance. For me, I've always labelled him as the perfect best ball players. There's always one where I find him so hard to start on a regular basis, but if you can just have him in best ball, he always has two or three games a year where he pops off at 20-odd points, and you don't have to worry about him being in your lineup. But he's apparently likely too expensive for the Packers, and especially now that they've done their um, transactions today, I do see him landing on somewhere like possibly the Raiders, replacing Henry Ruggs as their sp- that speed guy. And um, But he's never finished inside the top 50, so personally I have no interest outside of best ball formats for MBS. Um, and then my second one is Jameson Crowder. I, I have got a soft spot for Jameson Crowder. He's... He's always been one of my most owned wide receivers up until a year ago where I dumped a load of shares. Um, always felt like he was such a value and he's been a great filling guy for someone for for flex spots. He he was a PPR machine at one point, but I do think his his time seems to possibly be up in New York. I still still think he can be a good wide receiver free for an NFL team, um, just maybe not for fantasy purposes. And I know listening to a lot of Bucks media, there's rumour that the Bucks are interested in him as potentially their wide receiver free, which mm. I do really like. Mm. Um, and then talking about the Bucks, or possibly not, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> an almost seamless return from a year away to finish as tight end 10 and then tight end seven next season and uh, last season sorry and that tight end seven finish was despite only playing 12 games so he missed five games and still finishes the tight end seven was was crazy and i still think he has a lot to offer um i think he definitely has a lot of plenty of suitors who will want him to continue playing uh, the bills reportedly have interest i think that would be hilarious for Dawson Knox owners <laughs> <laughs> this is Robert Tunyon isn't it um yeah and then <laughs> he's also said he wants to play with Joe Burrow too which I think would be mm. a rather sexy landing spot um but the, the thing is Rob Gronkowski he could retire at any minute again so if I own him I think I'm just going to ride him until he does finally retire yeah we're, we're scraping out I say we're scraping I'm scraping the battle with these three um <laughs> No offence to these guys, but yeah, Zay Jones, first of all, um, he did flash in Buffalo as a wide receiver 35 back in 2018. He was pretty solid last season as well. He was a big beneficiary after the release of Henry Ruggs. He had at least five targets in the last eight games, including the playoffs as well. Uh, new coaching staff's around now, um, so I still think he's worth a doubt, but it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. I would have preferred the Raiders with the old coaching staff, but just have to hopefully get lucky with that. Second guy is Braxton Berrios, uh, league winner. Uh, wide receiver five in week 17 with 24.7 fantasy points. And actually, it was usable that final month of the season. The downside is the production came after injuries to the Jets wide receiving core. Corey Davis was out for, for a bit of Elijah Moore as well. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for him. Uh, but he's worth a hold until after free agency, see where he does, where he does sign if it's with the Jets, if it's with another team. Last guy is a hyped up guy that's never really fulfilled, Traquan Smith. Um, he's always been outside the top 70 wide receivers on seasonal finishers, a little bit like MVS in the fact that he does flash that odd eruption game. So I, I see him as a better pick for best ball or dynasty best ball. But again, it's interesting to see where he lands. I know, Ali, you are a big fan of Traquan <laughs> Smith. You called him a dynasty oh, yes. by last off season <laughs> on your debut show. So, um, I'm surprised you don't want to books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then just three more from me. Odell Beckham Jr. obviously found new life over in LA with the Rams. Uh, was on course for an MVP performance in, in that Super Bowl before sadly tearing his ACL. With that injury, maybe there's less of a market for him now and maybe he does stay with the Rams on a, on a cheaper deal. Um, hopefully he can get back to full fitness before the season starts. But um, in terms of fantasy, I think he's potentially a bit of a, a risky player to go after, obviously following that that ACL tear. Um, the next guy, Isaiah McKenzie, um, shown flashes when when getting the, the time in, in Buffalo, but to be honest, nothing too spectacular, but he did have that one big performance in week 16 where he had 11 receptions, 125 yards and a touchdown. Um, but beyond that, in I think he's six years in, in the NFL, not really seen too much for him. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him join somebody like like the Giants, is obviously going back to, to Kev's linking up of the dots. Um, former Buffalo coach Brian Dable obviously going to, to the Giants um, a guy that's going to know that offence, know that scheme um, I think there's definitely room for him over there at the Giants with the, the amount of depth that we've got over there at wide receiver there's not too much behind the, the top two or three guys so yeah I think he could potentially land over there and yeah you, you clutch your straws, straws really if you're going after him in, in fantasy but definitely somebody that, that you could have a little bit of interest in. And then a tight end, Gerald Everett, another athletic tight end like we spoke about today with, with a lot of other tight ends. I did have high hopes for him when he landed in, in Seattle last off season. Didn't quite work out for him, but did show the occasional flash with, with four games over 50 receiving yards. And um, he also ranked second amongst tight end in contested catches. Um, so there's definitely some talent there. 
Um, just hopefully can he can find a better situation if if he moves away from from the Seahawks. Now obviously with with Wilson leaving, I, I'm definitely hoping that he, he manages to get away from from the Seahawks. But yeah, another tight end that maybe he can pick up for for cheap and, and just see what happens in in free agency. So with that, that brings us to the end of the show where we previewed the the upcoming free agents at the wide receiver and tight end position and and from a dynasty perspective. So have we got any final thoughts on tonight's shows, boys? We'll we'll start with you, Ali. Yeah, I think it's potentially an intriguing free agent class and we deliberately didn't mention the, the bigger names because you boys have already covered them the last couple of weeks and now they're actually all re-signing with their own teams. It's it's certainly worth pointing out also that free agency for wide receivers quite r- rarely ends up in massive success. Just look at the bigger ones from last season. Superstar Kenny Lolliday, Curtis <laughs> Samuel and Will Fuller. It just tells you all you need to know, to be honest. And But it is a risk-taker's dream scenario right now with going after these guys before their landing spots and the value of rookie picks also close to their ceiling. Um, although I would act with caution unless unless you really love one of these guys and he's he's just too cheap to pass up right now. Yeah, just echoing what you say, I think wide receivers moving in free agency is usually a bad sign, especially on these mega deals. Uh, but there's the odd cheaper deal that can work out. Uh, but in the main, I'd be happiest with re-signing in most cases, maybe not Juju and Alan Robinson. Um, we desperately want to see these younger, flashier, Athletic Titans get a new job at OJ Hour, Devin Ingram, but David and Joe, he's dead to me. Um, <laughs> I think the rookie hype it's, it's real right now. You should be able to get some nice veteran deals in the next uh, next month or so. Uh, but again, it's dangerous to be messing about trading uh, a week before free agency. And then lastly, I'd just like to apologise for the Kyle Murray joke about <laughs> him being able to fit in a pram. Um, I can assure you I'm not sizest. I do love Hasbullah. <laughs> we do yes unofficial mascot of the fantasy wild card <laughs> uh, now just echoing what you two have said i think this is definitely a, a risky time now to, to go after these free agents but it can work out for you if you if you do want to take that chance and, and you're feeling a little bit risky maybe you can go after one of these guys in in the land in a, in a good spot and i've been checking twitter throughout the the course of the show and i can say boys we've not missed any any big news in in the hour that we've been been recording the only thing that we have missed is that the Broncos have released wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton? So, oh, that's, that's, oh. I mean, that is quite a big, quite a big deal actually. So maybe we should... <laughs> no, it's um, <laughs> luckily we've, we've got through an hour and not missed too much. So um, yeah, it's been a been a crazy day, and, and hopefully everybody's enjoyed the show that we've managed to, to scrape together after all the the goings on in in the lead up to, to recording this. But thank you for for tuning in, and, and be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Also, if you could leave us a five star podcast review. Um, if you have enjoyed today's show, that we'd be really grateful for that. It really helps um, get us a little bit more exposure to it to a wider audience. And be sure to join us on our next show, which drops as a podcast next Tuesday, um, the fifteenth of March, and on stream Wednesday, the sixteenth of March at six pm. Um, where we're going to be reacting to the early stages of this year's free agency. Obviously, we've had a, a lot going on already, but I'm sure there's plenty more still to still to come as we we head into yep. to next week. So thanks once again. Have a good one and and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.